I'd like to switch to the forest. What's happening in terms of a forest? Any changes regarding uh, climate change? Yes, yeah, so we're starting in the forest, the boreal forest, we're starting to see what we believe is an increase in the fire regime. So, the, again, the same part of the park I'm talking about, the northern 2 million acres, is very fire prone, and that's natural. We've had forest fires here for millennia. Um, we've been tracking them more closely in geographic information systems since the 80s, and we're actually starting to detect a trend where there is an earlier start of the fire season where there are um, greater acreages burned annually on average and where the severity of the fires are getting more intense. And we suspect this is related to climate change. We probably need a few more years of data to really nail that because we haven't been tracking it that long, but it certainly appears fire regime is impacted um, by climate change. And one of the unusual parts about the fire regime that we've just started to look into is some of the areas that are being burned are being burned twice in short succession. The uh, records, the historic records, suggest that a fire return interval of 50 to 100 years is common for this ecosystem, but we're seeing in a couple of places, a fire return interval of 10 years. And that was somewhat unexpected. Typically, areas that burn the fuel is, is burned up, and we don't get another burn for quite a while. Now, is that because, because the biological activity in the growing season is longer, and you, so therefore the, the, the combustibles come back quicker? Um, that's, that's probably part of it, but it's maybe just the weather conditions and the number of lightning strikes. You know, we're not exactly sure why these areas are burning twice in short succession, but but we know they are. And what happens when they are is they can come back into a very different ecosystem. When, you know, when there's a fire and it's another 50 years till the fire returns, that site typically looks similar 50 years later to it to before it burned. It returns to a spruce forest. Yep. However, if it burns um, quickly, the seedlings are have the potential to be killed off, the spruce seedlings, and so it can come back as something else, um, possibly a grassland or a shrubland. And so we're seeing a, uh, the high potential for a state change in the ecosystems due to fire. I see. Now, what other effects are you seeing in, in the park? Well, one of the most blatant effects is the impacts to the park's infrastructure, and in particular, the park road. So Denali has a 96-mile road that goes out into the park, and this is really one of the cornerstones of tourism for the state of Alaska. People come here from all over the world to see the park's iconic wildlife and view the mountain. And this road was constructed in the mid-1920s. It's a spectacular feat of engineering. Portions of the road are underlain by permafrost, and there's also um, sporadic permafrost above and below the road. And this is a dirt road. It's very mountainous, very dynamic terrain, and it's always been a challenge to maintain this road, but the challenge is getting more dramatic. We're seeing an increase in landslides, 
And these are landslides where material either lands on top of the road and, and blocks it for a little while. Um, typically, we can clear that off, but it's, it is creating challenges. Occasionally, the landslides are below the road, and we're concerned that there are places in the, along the road where the whole road could slide out, and um, that would be very hard to repair. Um, we're seeing some of these kind of slow-motion slides I don't want to suggest that the road is dangerous. It's not something that's, you know, where there'll be a vehicle on the road and it's just going to slip away and uh, people will get carried away. But we're seeing a lot of subsidence in portions of the road. So we're, we're trying to figure out what to do about that. It's, uh, it's kind of a long process, but it's, it's a big deal. Uh, I'd like to ask you about the um, wolf population, how... How is it doing in the park? The, which pot, Which species? I didn't quite catch the, on. The wolf. Um, right. So we've been um, tracking wolves in the park since um, about 1986. We try to keep radio collars on at least two members of every pack that uses the park for at least a large part of its range. And um, the wolf population has fluctuated from a low of um, in the low 50s to a high of approaching 150 animals. And again, this is a natural dynamic. It depends on a lot on what is going on in the winter. So winters where there's a lot of snow, wolves do really well because their prey is bogs down in the snow and the wolves are adapted to travel on top of snow, so they they do they like winters with low snow with with high snow. Um, lately, we've had a lot of winters with low snow, and so for the last few years, the wolf population has declined, and there there are a few factors associated with this. We're trying to tease them apart. It's you know it has to do with uh, with snow with prey availability. And with harvest, and, and it's difficult to tell what the effect of each feature that impacts the wolf population has on the whole population. Um, we think our, you know, we're at a, a low in the cycle right now, although it just came up. Right now, we ha are having a very good snow year, so we suspect that the wolf population will increase, but a couple of years ago it was at an all-time low. We did have some concerns about that, but it does appear to be coming back. As a final question, let me ask you about the bear population. Um, the bear population is relatively stable. We haven't really counted the bears in, in quite a while, but there doesn't seem to be any um, major fluctuations in the bear population. And I might say, you know, that bears are really adaptable animals. Um, grizzly bears are a circumpolar species. They live in the Gobi Desert. They um, used to live in Mexico. They live up in the Arctic where they occasionally encounter polar bears. And so when you think about climate change, I think bears probably have a lot of tricks up their sleeve and will they, they can adapt to a variety of situations. Um, caribou are much more sensitive. And, and so when you think of this, the various charismatic species in Denali, some probably will only be minorly impacted by climate change, and others, like doll sheep or caribou, could have uh, 
climate change could have a much greater effect on their population and on their habits. Uh, Dave, I'd like to thank you very much for a, a wonderful interview. I know our listeners are going to be fascinated with your story. So I've been speaking with Dave Shirokauer today at Denali Park, and uh, we wish you all the best. Yeah, it's been my pleasure talking to you. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you very much.